I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our week 13 suspension episode. Holy cow. This episode is brought to you by the wonderful world of Disney. Hey, they own Star Wars and Marvel. Might as well get ready for them to buy MLS next. Uh, oh, wait. No, no, no. no. Uh, actually, no, no, no. Uh, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing Patreon community of the MLS Fantasy Insider. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for sticking with us during this this strange time. Uh, this is all for you. So thanks so much for, for being members of this amazing community. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my usual partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Michael Denton. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I, for one, welcome our mouse overlords. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh, part four. If you have been listening to us for the past few weeks, this is part four of our best MLX, MLS Fantasy 11 team of all time. And uh, there's a little caveat after that. Uh, we are looking at the modern game, which we define, there is some debate, but we define as 2012 through today, 2020. Uh, for these stats, if you go back through the archive, uh, we don't have 2012 stats for everybody, but again, tonight we're going to be talking about forwards. I have been able to get some stats related to goal scoring that should give us a rough idea of who we could imagine would be in the top 10 20 players from that year so we'll be able to include that in some of our discussion tonight as we were with goalkeepers a few weeks ago when we were able to look at shutouts for that so uh but yeah that's that's our plan we're going through the forwards tonight gonna be a tough one these have gotten tougher and tougher each week because we can only pick three forwards at the end of tonight's discussion because we're following mls fantasy roster rules here and they are strict boy are they strict? Uh, so it's it's going to be, I hope, entertaining for you all to listen to how we whittle down our picks from top 10 down to three, which may or may not include a bench player uh, next week whenever we release our final drafts of our best 11s plus uh, the various best 11s according to the numbers uh, of fantasy. So it should be kind of fun when we wrap everything up next week and see how that falls in place. So... Guys, we will just uh, go right into it unless you have something else you want to add before we go on. No? All right. Well, here we go. So, as we've done for the past few weeks, I'm going to ask uh, Blaine and Mike to give me uh, their top 10 players, as well as just any other players they want to mention or just sort of their general thought process for coming to their top 10. We will then whittle it down an easy whittle down to top eight we're going to whittle it down to top five just for funsies this time but then settle it down with knocking off two more or sorry one two more yeah two more for our top three forwards so we're going to make those cuts deep and hard and that's gonna be pretty fun so blaine let's start with you 
your top 10 forwards and your general thought process and players you want to mention. Yeah. Um, getting 10 was, was a little difficult with the way I like to do these. Um, I've gone through this whole list with longevity in mind, but maybe before I do my 10, we'll all weigh in here. Um, forward is one of those positions where longevity isn't really a thing in this league. Um, I really feel like forwards is where we could break this era up into two or three different waves. You had the guys that started in 2012 through about 2014 that really carried this league. And that was about the time that guys like Giovinco came in. And then you had Giovinco and Villa and uh, Martinez all come in. And every time a new forward was bought, they kind of jumped to the top of the forwards list, which makes it really, really hard to quantify some of these guys because you've got a lot of one-hit wonders or two to three good years, and they get replaced by somebody. It gets really tough to stack these guys up. So I've gone for longevity, and that's how I kind of filled in the back end of my list. But this thing is so heavily weighted towards recency bias that it was kind of tough. And I don't know if you guys had those same problems when you were filling out yours. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I I don't know if I'd uh, necessarily say the forwards don't last long. I mean, there have been definitely some some marquee forwards that, that were in the league for several years, performed at a high point. Uh, and then lots of guys who probably stayed in that top 10 to 20 discussion that popped around. So I guess it just depends if you're talking more about top 10 forwards uh, or or what. But uh, it, I I think I have a, a decent mix of of the years represented with with my list. But I can see how how it was hard. I I did try to think to myself: is is a player who's only been here for two years? last two years enough to make the list uh, so i tried to think broader beyond that into general fantasy impact yeah so go i'll get to my 10 now and i'm just doing them in as close to alphabetical order as i can get them um i do know my alphabet everybody i just with certain names and how you do it sometimes you get them out of order because of how you list them um like uh, Bradley Wright Phillips is my number one because I put him in all my list as BWP, and when you sort at BWP, always is going to fly to the top. So he's my number. He's my first guy on the on the list here, and then I went with uh, Dom Dwyer, um, Giovinco, of course. Um, Kai Kamara makes my list here. He's one of those guys that's been in the league for a long time, and one of the tiebreakers on that back end was just number of years of service for him. Um, Robbie Keane. Um, Joseph Martinez, um, Jordan Morris, uh, Carlos Vela, David Villa, and then I had to put Chris Wondolowski on there. All-time leading goal scorer in MLS, and he's done so much in the leagues for fantasy throughout this period. It's just it's hard to leave him off a list like this. Uh, BWP, Dom, Gio, Keane, J-Mart, uh, Morris, Vela, Villa, Wando, and I think I missed one. Uh, Kai Kamara. Kai Kamara. Just keeping a little... Little list right here for myself of everybody's picks. Mike, what about you? Um, well, unsurprisingly, my list uh, begins and really ends with the greatest forward of all time, Patrick Mullins. I don't know why we even <laughs> had more of a conversation. No surprise you uh, have him, yes. <laughs> um, uh, so, so in, in actuality, my list, um, I'll, I'll, it's not really in alphabetical order. I'm just going to jumble it up. Um, I have Josie Altador, 
David Villa, Bradley Wright Phillips, Joseph Martinez, Carlos Vela, Robbie Keane, Sebastian Giovinco, Chris Wondolowski, Didier Drogba, and Zlatan. Um, and th there's a few names I, I put on there because their longevity is just too great to be ignored. Um, but for, for the most part, I, I was looking at guys who were dominant at their position at the times that they were playing. Um, a lot of forwards they tend to move around a little bit. Sure. Um, and, and good forwards tend to move on so quickly, or they tend to come in the, end, the tail end of their careers, like uh, David Villa. So essentially, these guys, when they were playing for fantasy, I was looking for their matchups and then have good matchups to fill out my forward spot. So that's kind of the first thing that I went into in, in making this list. I like some of the variety that we're seeing so far. I have a little bit of overlap with each of you guys, a couple of different names as well. But I want to start with some players who I don't know if we'll get mentioned tonight. So first one is going to be Federico Higuain. And uh, Higuain was one of those players that started out as a forward, moved over to midfielder. And I think last week we decided that he was best considered a midfielder, correct? Yeah, that's where I, I list so. him as. I agree. Uh, he was in the top 10 forwards uh, for for three of the years that we're talking about here. In 2013, he was the number one scoring forward, uh, thanks to his assists, I will put right there. And then he was in the top 10 in 14 and 15. But uh, even those top 10 finishes, his points were below what uh, comparable midfielders were, were putting up. So, uh, But I just he's a name I wanted to throw out there who is a long time in the league and I think was often a, a go-to fantasy person. Uh, but did not make my list as well. I think that was also due to some of the other players available at Columbus during those times. Uh, I'm going to throw in two names that I don't think made any of our lists, but I definitely want to, or definitely didn't make any of our lists, but I want to throw out there just because of the history on there. And that's with the Bash brothers, uh, Alan Gordon, Stephen Lenhart. Uh, so much super subs right there. I, I think many fantasy players picked up these guys as just a long shot. They were usually cheap. They represent sort of the super subs. And uh, it, sometimes they were just a Hail Mary of, well, I'll put this guy here. Maybe I can get a switcheroo in, or maybe this is just, just someone who I have to use to to fill a spot. But uh, just want to mention, mention those guys. A name that's not on our lists, and uh, I think this may be some recency bias that ends up not panning out it, like i guess just you're you think he's better and that's albert elise and i i know he's really hot we always had those trouble though with houston of which forwards to mm -hmm. pick yeah. and elise was usually the go-to one but when you go back and start looking at the stats uh he's not ever a top 10 fantasy forward uh, monotas cracks that into that top 10, but uh, no, Elise never did for, for us always wanting to go there. And I think that's just, again, that shows the, the hardships of multiple forwards really cutting into the fantasy points and uh, why someone, you may not hear them on the list. I have to give a shout out to our man, Quincy Ameriqua. Um, he uh, big supporter of the show and has actually uh, been in the top 20 a few times uh, he was 12th overall in fantasy in 2014 and then he was 20th overall in 2015 so um quincy is is no one to take lightly he has put up some good fantasy numbers over the years but unfortunately he did uh tend to become more of a super sub 
at times, and so his his fantasy production dropped off. Uh, I'm going to put in talk about Adi real quick. I know he was real popular for two years in 15 and 16, and then just nothing. And and what's interesting for me is all of us have names on our list of players who had solid two year runs. Uh, Adi's came in the middle of the season, and one thing I tried to think about when I was making decisions was what was the longevity of that player or what is that player remembered? And so I, th- when I think Adi, even though he was a top 10 forward for two years, I think people more remember some of the failures afterwards than necessarily the successes. And um, just, he was never high up in the top tens either. So didn't make my cut. I don't know if you guys had those same thoughts when you were looking at forwards. Um, and then I also want to talk about David Akam. Uh, he, he was, on these lists a couple of times and he was even a top 10 forward in 2017 uh but i think that consistency like you mentioned blaine <laughs> so many of these forwards like i'm looking at plata and i'm looking at vialba and i'm looking like arudi and i'm looking at um who else do we have here balas perez i mean so many of these names are older guys <laughs> or younger guys and they pop up for once and as i probably said every week i look through this list and i think man I remember thinking this person is hot. This is the guy I want. And then I look back at these stats now that I have them all out in front of me. I'm like that. No, Oh, <laughs> not so yeah, much. It's, just, it's a change in, in the way MLS has run because two of the names that kind of popped up in my early draft were Eric Torres and Kyle Lauren. Yeah. And both of those guys as, as younger Lauren, players yeah. had the really good price point and they just tore it up for their price point. And then, all of a sudden, like Lauren got sold, which was obvious. And I guess Torres got sold and then came back and he hadn't done anything since he came back. Yeah. If he had had a better return to the league, he could definitely be in this top 10 list with the way he started. Torres was 11th in 2014. And then Kyle Aaron was, it was 10th in 2015 and eighth in 2016. So mm-hmm. even those performances fairly average as far as fantasy forwards go. And we haven't even mentioned names like Clint Dempsey or Wayne Rooney as guys who I remember being, you know, would get hot, but they wouldn't, you know, Clint Dempsey had injury issues for the period that we're talking about um, and his U.S. men's national team duties uh, would always detract from his fantasy abilities. And then Wayne Rooney was just here not not long enough to (laughs) register too much on on our list. I mean, and then two names that I know probably won't come up, the guys that have shown a lot of promise um ola kamara was flirting with my list he was in one of those first guys out um had some really good runs around or for us and put up some decent numbers but he left in the middle and then came back and he hasn't done as enough with dc to make my list but one of those guys that if we carry on for another five years could definitely work his way up into one of these conversations for longevity and then the other guy that if we were looking at a smaller sample size is Obafemi Martins. I mean, just absolutely tore it up with Seattle and had that really, really strong run. But again, left the league so quick that even with some better names coming in behind him, probably could have kept the longevity tag going and just and made this list if he had stuck with MLS. Yeah. Uh, top 10 player in 14 and 15, a uh, third overall in, in 14 uh, and then number nine in 15. So, um, even for what we talk about, didn't make the list consistently. And I think even more so, I know as as Matt Doyle likes to point out on Extra Time, tended to fail during playoffs. So 
no no love right there. So I, Dempsey, you mentioned Dempsey, Mike. That's that's a name that just shocks me that hasn't been on any of our lists because you there's just so much you think of Clint Dempsey. You, you're thinking of MLS. You're thinking. I mean, he also has his times at Fulham. He also has his times at Tottenham and everything. But there's these strong MLS connections with Clint Dempsey, and then you just start looking at the fantasy numbers, and you're like, and he was bad. Huh. So. Um, yeah, that was that was great. So I'm going to mention my my top ten now, and then we may talk about a few more. But any other names you guys want to throw out before we move on to our first cut, let me know. No particular order as well. These first few lists: uh, Wondolowski, Vela, Via, Martinez, Joseph Martinez, uh, Kai Kamara. I got him on overlap there. Robbie Keane, Sebastian Javenko, uh, a unique name for me. Will Bruin. Uh, maybe no surprise for me, but Mike, unlike you, I did stick with with my player there. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips and Zlatan. I threw that in there. Uh, I will go ahead and explain my Will Bruin pick. Did not come into this being like, I'm going to pick Will Bruin because he's like my favorite forward who just never actually does fantastic in fantasy. Uh, because I started looking at these numbers, and he's got four years of being in the top 20 of a fantasy and two years of being in the top 10 with fantasy and and that's with him moving around some as well so when i when i got down i mean i will bruin i'll just give you a, a spoiler right now it's not gonna make my sec my first cut <laughs> but when i start looking around here and i'm seeing so many forwards who are in a top 10 and then just completely disappear or are in a top 10, maybe drop down to a top 20 and then just completely disappear will bruin had four solid years uh, and I'm throwing in 2012 into this. He scored 12 goals in 2012. I think that would have been enough to make him a maybe a top 10 player, but at least a top 15 player, I believe, going going on those goal totals. But, I mean, Will Bruin had four solid years of performance during this era of fantasy. And when I'm looking at some of the other options of who was maybe a ninth or a 10th player on my list, I just, I just feel like that's a production and uh, that's and uh, that's production for a player who was usually affordable that you could throw in and was oftentimes a good backup if somebody else was injured that that made him worth adding to my list. Uh, Blaine, I want you to talk about Dom because you had Dom Dwyer and Mike and I did not. He is a... On the stats list, he's on there three times, twice in the top 10 and once in the top 15. Yeah, and that's that's really where it comes down to. As I was looking at some kind of longevity here, guys that got three good years in were hard to ignore. Okay. Um, and then there's kind of this transition in the early part of this era where Robbie Keane was here and tearing it up and one of the best names you could get. And then you had Bradley Wright Phillips come into the league. And, I mean, he set all sorts of goal-scoring records for – uh, number of goals in a three-year span and stuff like that. I know he won the Golden Boot and pushed the number up up higher than it's ever been before. Um, Wright and Bradley Wright Phillips' shadow was Dom Dwyer through that whole thing. And I, don't, I think if we didn't have BWP to look at, everybody would be remembering Dwyer as one of the best fantasy forwards of that era. And it's that early part, I think it was, 14, 15, 16 for Dwyer with Kansas City when those hit. Um and he just he say he's not going to make my first cut i'll spoil that here 
but he was just right there in BWP shadow. And I played a lot of draft and I mean, he was your number two, number three forward behind BWP and depending on who else was in the league at the time, some guys didn't want to take a risk on Dwyer, but he, I mean, he was a, he was a top three pick those years. And one of those guys that just was always there. And anytime somebody gets a record 1.6 million transfer fee inside MLS, um, it, he must have been doing something right to get to command that type of money on a sale. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I did either. Did you say he made he was a Golden Boot winner? No. Okay. No, I was because I was going. Okay. Okay. I was no, going to say Don Dwyer was not a Golden Boot winner. No. BWP broke all the records and stole all the accolades, but Dwyer was right there in his shadow. I think he had second most goals over that three year span when Bradley Wright Phillips set the record for most goals in a three-year span yeah bwp is a two-time golden boot winner yeah yeah and like no doubt bwp gets on there but dwyer was kind of in his shadow the whole time and i think he gets lost in a lot of lists because of that but his run over those three years was incredible um that's where the 1.6 million transfer fee comes in he was that good and they had to get the they wanted their hometown guy back or the guy who came through their club and that's why he went to Orlando and um, Dwyer, if he would have continued his career the way he started it, um, who knows where he would end up on this list, but he tailed off so hard in, in Orlando that that's why he gets out. He's gone at the first cut. Yeah. I think that's why he doesn't make it for me is he made the top 10 twice was in a top 20 as well in that three-year period then went to orlando they dropped the money for that hometown kid and then disappeared so so i have i have trouble adding him on the list when after he made that big move back he hasn't done i mean we had kyle we had we had laren as well who was who was doing some stuff at that time uh but uh nah now for me it dropped off if we're talking about players with three good years i mean what about Thierry Henry? How did nobody mention him? I'm mentioning him now. I'm saving some stuff. I'm bringing it out organically. Thierry Henry. Uh, again, this is a 2012 player, but uh, top 10 those last these first three years of our of our bracket has a great meme and uh, and then retired. So I don't know. That's fair though. I I can see why you would go for uh, for someone like Dom Dwyer. Uh, Mike, let's go get one from you, Drogba. Kind of that was a that was a guy on my list of players I didn't think we'd talk about that I wanted to at least mention, but he's on your top ten. Yeah, I mean it's it's mostly the dominance. Um, <clears throat> when you know the year he came in, uh, eleven games, eleven goals, um, and an assist, and, and then you know a goal every two games. Uh, the second year, um, he he was just very hot. Uh, I think he was also generally pretty good for bonus points. And, and didn't look that up. But he usually would get a, a num- number of shots. Um, and, and be a strong contributor. And with uh, Piatti, that, that was a strong um, nucleus uh, while it lasted. So um, I don't think – I don't have Drogba very high on my list, but um, I, I think Drogba is, is up there. Um, I think the other one that I had on my list that none of y'all had was Josie Altidore. Yes. Um, I don't think any of y'all had it. Um, Josie, I think, gets hurt because of U.S. Um, – men's national teams games mm-hmm. um which hurts his overall stats but um generally he's good for a goal every other game um and he was always a good um pairing with someone else especially a pairing with Juvenka. i think it hurts him overall as far as you know the next conversation 
Um, but I mean, 11 goals in 2019, 15 in 2017. He got hurt in 18, but 10, 13 since 15. So um, you've got four years of double-digit goals uh, in there. Um, a healthy number of assists, seven, six, and five for his healthy years. Um, so, I, 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 you know, trying to fill out the the end of the, the list. I, I could see you swapping with with Kai Kamara, um, mm. but. Um, yeah, I mean, with, with as dominant as Toronto was and as much as you wanted Toronto fantasy players, I, I just couldn't leave Josie off the list. Fun fact about Josie Altidore, uh, he was in the top 23 three years of during this time period. I think you're spot on with the U.S. men's national team impacting his performance. Never a top 10 player, but in, in 15 and 17, David Akam finished above him both years. <laughs> so uh probably a cheaper player at that time for sure but i just thought that was interesting uh that we mentioned altador and then like oh yeah that's why i added a com specifically is i knew someone would mention altador and i want to throw that stat out uh 2019 definitely not uh <laughs> the same situation but josie was only was he was literally 20th uh so um a lot of guys above him right there uh, and then blaine the final one that you have we'll cover all the the unique ones is uh you mentioned morris yeah, um, we talked a little bit about Seattle with Dempsey, and then, I mean, Obafemi Martins came up. Morris wasn't playing at that point. Um, Mike, kind of like you, I went with kind of that, that second-tier second guy. We always want Giovinco if we were taking Toronto. Altidore was kind of that bonus. Um, Jordan Morris has always been kind of that second-tier player on his own team behind somebody else. You're either looking at Ladero or you're looking at Dempsey. But Morris's numbers have always been pretty solid for that. And this was more of a price point pick for my list as well as just solid numbers. He always seemed to be undervalued up until these last couple of years and gave you pretty decent production outside of or for his price point. And just one of those guys I wanted I wanted somebody I thought about Josie at this point at this spot. But there there's been a there's just been a few guys that have stood out as kind of that second guy you would think of. And Morris has always been kind of the value option second guy that I've gravitated towards. And you know, I don't have all the numbers in front of me, but I do think his numbers back him up, at least as a, as a second-tier guy. Maybe not your – Mike's saying no, but – No, because, I, I mean, I, I looked at Jordan Morris, cause, and, and then when I looked at the stats, I was like, oh, I thought he was better. Um, he Essentially, Jordan Morris's resume is, is like two decent years uh, and then one really, really bad year. Because in 2016 – He's got 32 games started and 12 goals, um, four assists. That's not too bad. But 2017, 22 games started and three goals with only one assist. Um, and then 2018, he he was gone. Injured. Um, for injury the entire year. I think that was his ACL year. Yeah. yeah. Um, then now he bounced back in 2019 for 10 goals in 24 games um, with seven assists. Um but, I mean, you know, even at that point, he was still competing with Rui Diaz for, you know, the top billing. Um, I, I mean, I do agree with Blaine that he's always been an interesting secondary option, but there was one year where he was absolute no-go. Sophomore um, slump right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Top 10 player in 2016, and then that's the only appearance on the list. Last player I do want to mention before we move on, uh, CJ Sapong had a, a really good interview on Extra Time in their last episode. Um, not on our list, but he is also a player who has been uh, represented in a top 24 times 
during this time period. Uh, again, a little bit of question going back to 2012. He's one of several players who scored nine goals, so I think that probably would have gotten him in, in the top 20, but um, he's he's been a top 10 player in 17 and 19. So uh, CJ Sapong, another guy I at least want to give a shout-out to before we move on. Yeah, I, lo- I love Sapong. I, I just didn't feel like he had the resume to back it up. Um, but no, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. One of those just fun all around players. Um, I got to meet him at one point cool. and just really, really good guy. Just really threw everything he had at the game and still does. Um, could have been dominant, but I feel like he's always been kind of behind somebody else who's gotten the start over him or he's been pushed out of mm-hmm. out wide or something. It's just, I think he's a, I think he's one of those guys. He couldn't quite make it as your premier number 10 or number nine. And then he's gotten pushed around the field and he's still doing a lot of good work pushed around the field. Honestly, probably better than Giassi's Zardes getting pushed out wide, being a true center forward. Mm-hmm. Um, just made that transition a lot better, but he just, he suffers because he hasn't been able to play his more natural position the whole time. Uh, one of those guys, I would love to see him higher on the list, yeah. but just didn't quite do it. Uh, Zardes, another Another player who is on this list four times, but three of them are below the top ten. Only one top ten appearance. So, uh, Okay, moving on. First cut. Going to make a first cut, guys. I need you to cut two players from your list. Take me from a top eight down to a top ten. No particular order. Uh, so, Blaine, which two players do you cut? Yeah, I already teased it with Dwyer being cut at this point. Um, he was always the number two guy behind Bradley Wright Phillips. Um great run at a point where we didn't have as many forward options they were a lot more hit and miss he just seemed to be one of the more consistent guys in an era where things were a little bleaker um at least as i remember him and then uh jordan morris the resume just isn't there to beat out any of these other guys on the list um loved give loved giving a shout out to him to get the inclusion here but um definitely not a top eight caliber at this point you gave yourself an easy cut you did that on purpose. You maybe you, a little. You dirty dog, Mike. Um, I'll I'll cut the the two that you mentioned that I had alone on my list. I'll cut Josie Altador and Didier Drogba. Um, you know, I, I just don't think they have quite as high um, as heights as these other other players, um, either in terms of longevity or how bright their star burned when it was in the sky. Okay, I left myself one easy cut. I'll take that. Uh, my first cut is Will Bruin. Um, he had some good finishes, but it's mostly been been a secondary player, sub, and and not finishing as high in the top tens. Second cut, and Blaine leaves. Blaine leaves right before this. Uh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, guys, you, you miss some fun stuff. You miss backgrounds. You miss Blaine just being like, forget this Miss me handing my wife a bag of trash two minutes yes handing handing my <laughs> trash blaine just just disappearing it's it's ridiculous uh but so i'll tell this again to blaine when he comes back but this the second cut for me welcome back blaine the second cut for me so hard so hard i ended up cutting kai kamara in in my first round and this was so tough because kai kamara is in our our top 20 six times he is on here six times has huge history with this league one of those times he is the number one forward in the game 2015 203 points right there uh six again he had 11 goals in 2012 i'm thinking that would have got him in the top 10 at least 
or maybe you right there on the cusp. Uh, but I I cut Kai Kamara because he had that one great year in 2015, and then after that, his next four appearances in the top 20, he doesn't make the top 10. He's only in the top 20, and they just get lower and lower each time. So he ended up being a player that you often hoped for more out of than ended up producing for you in fantasy. And so the player that ended up making my cut um, that I really had to come was coming down between was actually Bradley Wright Phillips. I was, I was really thinking hard between Kai Kamara and Bradley Wright Phillips and uh, BWPs on this list five times uh, solidly, not going back to 2012 and in Every year except 2015, when Kai Kamara was the number one player, uh, BWP finished higher in the rankings than Kai Kamara. So I uh, ended up cutting Kai, and that was, that was hard. That was so hard. <laughs> General reactions you guys want to make before we move on to the next cut? Um, who's Blaine's second cut? I, I forgot to write uh, down. Dwyer and Morris. Okay. Yes, Dwyer and Morris, you guys... You you left your easy cuts, you guys. Okay, but you're gonna you're gonna have to take it up now. Uh, now you got your your eight. I'm gonna ask you to cut it in half. Tell me who your top, eh, not half. We'll let you uh, just just cut off cut off three. Give me your top five forwards now. So cut off three more. Who do you have? So, or just tell me who you uh, cut. Who, who, which, which three are you going to cut? Leave me with your top five, and then we'll do our rankings from there to get down to, to our top three. So, so I'm I'm really glad to cut these three together. Um, these are these are three of my longevity picks that made the list. Um, all three guys have been consistent, solid, long term options, and these were guys you could count on in the early stages of fantasy when we start talking 2012, 2013, these were the guys that were putting up the numbers before teams were really buying heavy into um, foreign foreign forwards, bringing in big names that were going to come light up the scoreboard, and it became kind of an arms race to see who could get the best one bought in each year. And that's um, BWP, Wondolowski, and Kai Kamara. They all get cut here. Um, Reed, you just you ran the numbers great on Kamara and BWP. Um what six and five in the top 20 for those guys um kamara even though he took a year out um was one of those dominant forces early on and then he's he's slowly fallen down the rankings and i think some of that comes down to age and some of that comes down to other teams are buying in just better forwards than kamara is uh no slight on him um just a it's a it's the way the league is going it's the way young attackers are being are being brought in um guys like kamara and wandalowski even though they're still really productive later in their career it it's not enough to make the top 20 anymore um i know wandalowski what 10 straight years of 10 goals something like that um incredible run for him and i mean wandalowski and kamara are number one and number two in um mls goal scoring all time Wondolowski is in the top 20 for eight of our, or seven of our eight years right here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in, incredible runs by all three of these guys. Um, pretty consistent. They may not be the guys that light up the score sheet every week, but they're going to get you good points when you grab them. 
BWP actually probably being the weakest of those. I remember him being a 2-7 type of player. He either gets you two points or gets you the goal and gets you seven. <laughs> um, and just – and that's why I'm not putting these guys in any order. I, I, I have good memories of all three of them in fantasy. Um, good numbers. BWP hit more than he missed. Um, you could suffer through a couple of twos because he'd get you four or five fives in that same time, in that time frame. Um, it just three guys that really carried the forward position through some down years in fantasy when we weren't looking at all these big names. I mean, I call them down years. Um, when you get to the top five, you've got some really heavy hitters and we've got a lot of recency bias here. Like I couldn't imagine going back to the, the core of forwards we had from 2012 to about 2015 and trying to pick and play the game because we're so spoiled with who we have right now and who we've had really for the last five years. It's tough. All right. Those are, those are okay. I think like, all right, that's okay. Mike, I think, I think you got to, again, you had yourself some easy cuts right there. It's it's not really getting hard for you, Mike. Uh, well, okay. I, I, well, let's 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 maybe we can start cutting yeah, to the chase. Let's make this hurt. There, let's make group, this hurt. There's a group of four that we haven't <laughs> talked about, and it's really Fair. easy up until that Fair. point. I mean, so what? really the question is who is gets that that fifth spot in this one? So okay, so we all know who the group of four is. Everyone with the podcast probably knows who the group of four is because everyone who responded to the tweet on Twitter and in like when we asked, like gave the same group of four whenever we asked for four. So, all right. So these are the four people that I'm trying to decide between cutting to make this a little bit more entertaining. I'm deciding between Wando, uh, David Villa, BWB, and Zlatan. But you only have to cut okay. three. He, it's a, he's, I have to cut three out of these. Yeah, three it's, out of these. It's his, his, his list. Yeah, I like yeah, this. Let's so do it. These are my list of. This is the four people I'm trying to determine who to cut. Um, Zlatan to me is an easy cut there because Zlatan is wildly inconsistent. Yeah, he was awesome. He did amazing stuff, but like he would disappear, and you got it too. And it was hard to tell sometimes if if if, if the other team had a defensive scheme against crossing, Zlatan was out. So loves Zlatan, but I don't. I don't think he can go much higher. He was the first one to cut. Um, Wando has done great consistency, but he's never really been one of the top players. He's never a must-have fantasy guy, except for like way, way back, um, whenever he had the Golden Boot year, which I guess was 2012, so right on the cusp of, of, of the era that we're talking about. But for the most part, Wondolowski has been a solid option. If San Jose had a double game week, you would look at him. But otherwise, he's not one of the guys, oh, gosh, I need to have Chris Wondolowski on my team. Um, so he's cut. So then I'm left with David V and Bradley Wright Phillips. And if you think I'm going to put Bradley Wright Phillips <laughs> above David Villa in anything, you don't know me. No, I'm putting, Brad, I'm putting David Villa into my top five. Um, my reasoning is this. Um, David Villa was unique in how many shots he would absolutely get. So he was absolutely one of the best consistency players because even if he didn't get a goal or assist, he was going to get you four, maybe five points just in accumulating all those shots. Um, that, I mean, it's, it's a close competition. Bradley Red Phillips obviously has some heights, has a golden boot season. Um, there were times where you definitely wanted Bradley Red Phillips, but, um, you know, David Villa was the best forward, one of the best forwards, and only one of the best forwards over four years. So he's one of the few players who does have that longevity. So that's why I put david via over Bradley Ray phillips but that is a tougher call and if i didn't have glasses of sky blue maybe i'll make a different call but there's no way i'm gonna put 
but Dobbin, well, probably the episode would be different. Mike, that wasn't <laughs> just to back you up, Mike. That wasn't even a question for me. Got my top ten has Via, and I haven't cut him yet, so that that wasn't even a question for me. So I'm with you. You're not just sky blue glasses there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I will just pick up from right there. My first player who I cut, which I guess I teased a little bit last time when I was talking about my decisions, is. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips. Uh, he was he was right there on that cusp when I was thinking of Kai Kamara and BWP, and so he just didn't have that longevity to continue forward. Uh, most of it being that he had those good years, but then he started to drop off, and now he's really more of a frustration, I think, for fantasy managers, and so he hasn't had uh, that, that consistency carry forward. So definitely worth in the top 10, but if I'm cutting down to, to a top five here, um, BWP does, does drop off. After that, it it's again for me these these were just agonizing picks. I'm I'm just shocked at how easily you guys can just go through them, which which is probably good for podcasting. But uh, these were <laughs> agonizing picks, and my next cut is is Lawton. and this is the way I look at it. It it was tough for me because he had two great years, and it's the same two great years that that Vela had. It's the same two great years that Martinez had. So he had two great years. And these are other names that everyone listening already knows is going to be in our final conversation. So why not Zlatan? And for me, when I thought about this, and I'm looking at these stats of all these players, thinking about what's happened to me as a player of the fantasy game, and what these players have meant to me and how I strategize, there are players on this list with history. There are players on this list with the future. Zlatan is a blip. That's what it is. Zlatan was a blip in the game. He was great for the league, great for interest, but as far as fantasy goes, Zlatan was a blip. And so that made it easier for me to cut him at this point, even though he's right up there with some of the conversations with other players that we'll mention later. Uh, That leaves my my final cut for this group, and this one was hard. This one was so hard. Uh, but like you guys, I ended up going with Chris Wondolowski. And it it was how could I cut this guy who was literally almost a top 20 player every year during the fantasy season that we're looking at, Fantasy 3.0. Almost every year he was a top 20 player. How could I cut this guy? And it, it just comes down to... Even though he is there and he's a top 10 player four times during this during this period, there were other players who we've already mentioned and will mention soon who were more consistently in higher positions during a shorter period of time and have just meant so much to this league when you're thinking of the stereotype or the archetype for what kind of forward do you want? What kind of forward am I looking for? when it comes to fantasy wando is a poacher and that worked great in the past but he's not been able to get as great a production going forward he's had more more competition going forward he's had more time splitting going forward as well and so it was so hard because as much as wando is ingrained in the history of mls he is equally ingrained in the history of fantasy as a, a player you're going to look at, but he just became that player of, I don't know who I want. Mm, Wando's a good bet. So 
I, I had to cut him at this point, and it was so I mean, tough. He became the cheap option. He did. The, he really did. You know, the, the cheap side option, which, I mean, is great in fantasy. He definitely had his utility. Um, but, I mean, I remember last year we were talking about him as a switcheroo candidate. Um, yeah. and, you know, obviously he's at the tail end of his career, San Jose and all that. Um, but, it, but it is tough to put someone in your, your all-time best top five if he's a switcheroo candidate. I mean, the, the names we're going to be talking about are absolute must-arts. Um, guys where you're like, you've got a captain in this guy almost every week. All right. Now and I feel like I feel like before we get there, I have to defend my pick because you guys both put cut Zlatan right here, and I didn't even have him have him in my top ten. That's a good point, Blaine. What like, were you thinking? Like, I'm one I'm one of those guys. Like, I'm I'm thinking, did I miss something here? Maybe I should have replaced Dwyer or Morris with Zlatan. Like, yes, maybe I yes. should have. Like, <laughs> for, yeah. I mean, he still scored a goal from midfield, so I mean, he just did what David Villa had already done. But yes, yeah. I don't know. I guess I feel like I missed one here, and maybe I did. But I also was thinking about Zlatan when I wrote this up, and I go, I don't know. I feel like MLS is going to be a footnote in Zlatan's career, but Zlatan is just going to be kind of one of those passing mentions in MLS history when it comes down to it. Uh, when I think of my top five, I can't really compare him to my second five, but when I think about my top five, Every single guy in the top five is one of those names that is just going to go down an MLS legend. Just these are guys that came here, did something really, really good, and kind of went out on top or went out with with good graces. The way Zlatan left, and with the way everything went down, like I just don't see him being a big part of MLS history once it all gets said and done. Sure. And that's where and that's where my other five came in. I was like, let's go to the early era. I was like, I could throw another another two-year wonder in there another one of those guys who came in really tore it up and left really quick um and i put him up there kind of with kyle lauren at that point lauren had two good years as a lot younger player and an mls product but i was just like you know let's give some of these other guys some love uh that came here and did it for either longer or i mean jordan morris is just one of those u.s fanboy things too but um that's probably the spot zlatan should have and that was probably a mis- mistake on my part, but the rest of the guys did 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 a lot for MLS for a longer period of time, and even then, Morris is just a good uh, is a good feel good story for MLS coming up in the league and staying at home instead of going overseas and doing that. So that's why I can cut Zlatan, and I don't feel bad about it because Zlatan Zlatan, MLS is a footnote in his career. If he had won MLS Cup, maybe my my opinion would change because he would have made history here, but. He was always number two behind Vela and really never and did he even win a playoff game? I don't recall, but I don't think he did. If if he had won MLS Cup based on the team that LA had at that time, he would have won it by himself. So yeah. he would have been the reason, so don't at me. Oh no, he did win they won the first round and then they went to the LAFC derby where they lost. Ah, there we go. Okay. There so we go. A blip. He is a blip. Okay, now it's it's the actual tough time. So I'm going to ask you first to give me your top. So we've got our top five. Sorry, we, we have our top five. So read, 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 to me, read to me your top five, and then we'll go through, and I'll ask you to rank them one through five, thus giving us your, your th- uh, you know what? Uh, let's have some more fun with it. 
I'll ask you for your one and two. And then I want you to to dialogue out your number three for how you end up cutting two more guys here. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's pretty safe. Our our top our unanimous <coughs> top five here in in no order. We have Sebastian Javinko, uh, which I'll go ahead and mention for Javinko in 2015. He was listed as a midfielder, but I think all of us agree clearly that he is a forward. And in 2015, he had 251 points as a midfielder. That was when Kai Kamara was the number one forward with 203. So pretty sure he would have had that number one spot at that point in 2015 had he been marked as such. Uh, but Sebastian Javinko we have. We also have Joseph Martinez on this list. We also have old man Robbie Keane on this list. Mike's favorite David Villa makes this list. And also Carlos Vela makes our list. So our unanimous top five right there is how we're going into this. So Blaine, I'm going to start with you. Give me your number one your number two, and then let's have that discussion for how you pick the number three. Number one and number two, like, I agonized over this a little bit. I shouldn't have. It's pretty obvious. Um, these are the guys that when they came in, and they changed the face of the game. They changed the way we played the game. They changed, they kind of changed how we looked at that position a little bit. And that's number one is Carlos Vela, and number two is Sebastian Giovinco. And I could see these guys being easily reversed. Vela's got all the fantasy numbers. Giovinco did it for a little bit longer. Vela's probably going to surpass Giovinco in every statistical category for fantasy scoring by the time this is over. Um, I just, and that's why I gave Vela the number one. If he plays three more <laughs> years, um, I think there will be no question that he was better than Giovinco for fantasy. Um, but only having the smaller sample size, I could see how somebody would flip flop those. But those two guys, when they joined the league, um, they became instant must-owns, instant hits in fantasy. Um, they almost single-handedly won draft leagues that I was playing in. Like, having these guys on your team was that important in the draft league that if you got lucky enough and knew to draft them, you came out on top. If they happened to fall to you because somebody ahead of you didn't draft them, you came out on top. Like, it was just – these guys broke the – broke the system to a degree um and then number three i mean now you're looking at martinez keen and via that is so tough i don't want to make a call here um all three of these guys i think i know my order that i want to do it in um and i think i'm gonna go with like just importance to the game at the time they were playing um I have to give it to Robbie Keane for my number three. I'm going to give the old guy the shout, the shout out here. Um, again, I talk about kind of the <clears throat> older time in fantasy where we, where I, I look at forwards as being a little bit more of a bleak option. Um, Robbie Keane was rising to the top. We didn't have this wealth of riches up top and some guys spread out over the price spectrum that you could grab that would reasonably score decent points. You had a few elite guys and then you had the rest of the pack. And Robbie Keane really did lead that group of elite guys in the early part of this fantasy era. And yes, he retired early, but or he got out of MLS before some of these other names came in. And I don't think he would compete with some of these other names. Um, it was a different era. And I think he was one of those original DP must have forwards. I just, I have fond memories of him. 
I had him in my draft league, I think, the year I won the league. Um, he was one of those guys that I was always after in the draft league. While he was here, his average was up there. He's just a good player on a good team, consistent points, and really was doing it at a time when you had fewer options, which propels him higher up my list because he was one of the only go-to guys you had at the position rather than what we have today where there have been four, five, six names in a good week that you could look at. Back then, you only had a few names, and Keen was always one of those few names. So you're cutting David Villa and Joseph Martinez? Yes, I am. Okay, cutting David Villa and Joseph Martinez. Blaine's top three, Vela, Gio, and Keen. All right, Mike? All right, so the the first cut, I, I mean, I mentioned or alluded earlier to a group of four. Um, I don't think David Villa is in that group of four. I think it's Chiavinko, uh, Martinez, Vela, and, and Keen, like, like we've talked about. Um, so, I mean, David Villa has been tremendous, but, I mean, during all that time that he was playing, I think he was always the second best option at, at most. Um, one of these other stars were usually up, up in there, uh, surpassing him a little bit. So then I was kind of wrestling with these four, and it really depends on which standard you bring to bear. Okay. If you're only looking at – if you're looking for total consistency, like this guy's going to get an assist – you know, Joseph Martinez tends to lose that because Joseph Martinez is not an assist guy. If you're looking for longevity, Carlos Vela kind of loses that. He's only been two years. If you're looking, um, you know, for just sheer number of stats, Robbie Keane loses that. One guy who I couldn't really think of like, oh, he loses in a category is Sebastian Giovinco. Um, and to me, he was the first one who just absolutely and I remember Guy Sanchez's rant, you know, to, to this day, he broke the game. He broke MLS <laughs> fantasy. And I couldn't find a way to get him anything other than number one um, because of that. He was the complete package in terms of high number of assists, high number of goals. Um, it's possible that Carlos Vela, if he maintains the pace that he showed, could surpass him. But Giovinco has done that for four years. Um it's hard for me to do anything else than, than toward him number one here. So that leaves me with the tough call of who to not put in the top three um, out, out of those three. Um, I tend to value assists. That said, Joseph Martinez is a goal a game, which is just so much better than Robbie Keane. Um, and really, when I think of forwards, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a guy who, when I know he's going to have a good matchup, he's going to get a goal. And Joseph Martinez, usually he doesn't just get you a goal. Usually gets you a hattie or a brace. Uh, usually it's huge captain points um, to the point where, I mean, if they were playing today, I would never pick Robbie Keane over Joseph Martinez. And Joseph Martinez has done this now for three years yeah three years um unfortunately he's hurt this year so we don't know what it'll be um we'll never get to see this year for him obviously but it, it's just hard for me to put that down so then it's between carlos vela and robbie Keane, and obviously it's it really it's a determination of low longevity of carlos of excuse me, the longevity of robbie Keane, who has been dominant since you know the beginning of this year 
uh, the beginning of this era because he signed in 2011. So his really time to shine is 2012 to 2015. Um, so I think out of those three years, Robbie Keane is, is the best forward or one of the best. Um, but always Captain Vela was a height that Robbie Keane never got to. Um, Robbie Keane, even during the time of limited transfers, you would have him in, but you'd have to transfer him out because of uh, international breaks. Carlos Vela hasn't had to deal with that in MLS. Obviously, it's a different era with the unlimited transfers. And just, it's just too much. 34, 34 goals? Yeah, 34 goals, 15 assists. That's just a, so much above and beyond what Robbie Keane did. I know Robbie Keane dominated that era, but to me, it feels like we would just be giving him a gift just based on that era as opposed to looking to forward. There's just too much of a gap between what Robbie Keane did and what these other three for me to put him in there. He was an amazing forward. He was the top forward for that time. But since this era includes this dominant era with these three forwards, I just can't put him in myself. So my top three is one Giovinco, two Joseph Martinez, three Carlos Vela, and then Robbie Keane and David Villa to finish it off. All right. Good, 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 good. Okay, for myself, um, I thought that we would all have a unanimous number one. So this is this is good. I like some of the variety here. Uh, for me, the number one player that I have is Carlos Vela. And that is because of always Captain Vela. That is because of how he's just come in and been such a dominant force these last couple of years. Um, he is a forward that we're looking to going forward as well uh he's he's just just a a banner for this position in fantasy and what we hope it it does for us as players so for me that makes carlos vela my number one pick i agree with blaine number two with that being said about carlos vela just coming in and getting things done i can't ignore the raw production over the past few years of the past couple of years of Joseph Martinez again another one of those players where when you're setting your team week in week out you're pretty much automatically throwing him in and then thinking if that's a good pick it's like I, I want to have I want to have Vela I want to have Martinez these might be just the only two players I run with and then I'll just make the budget work for everybody else he's they're both types of players that you're almost willing to sacrifice other places on your team for and so for me again the unfortunate uh, injury um, I saw a picture of him rehabilitating uh, before we came on and started the show. Uh, so glad to see that that's, that's on the mend. Um, but so for me, Joseph Martinez takes the second spot. I agree with Mike right there. That put it down to David Villa, Sebastian Javinko, and Robbie Keane for me. And this is where I got started to get tough. I agree with both of you guys at this point. David Villa left my list because of the four players that I was, or the four top four players I was looking at, all of them during their time were essentially must-haves. I wanted to have this player. They were the guy I wanted to have to be able to captain. Like, this this is what I wanted to have. David Villa was never that player. He was, as Mike said, he was always a number two that you'd want to have. Or I would find out if Mike had Villa, and then I would get him if Mike didn't, because that's how that's how his scoring worked. Sure. But David Villa was a fantastic player, second overall, second overall, first overall in 15, 16, and 17. A fantastic 
fantasy option. Uh, rarely were there guys who were better, but it's just been so overshadowed by by Villa and, and Martinez that uh, um, at, at this point, I did have to cut Villa just because of what other players meant in connection. So that leaves me with Robbie Keane and Sebastian Javinko. And the interesting part for me is I had the same thought pattern as Mike and is I was looking at how I like to pick forwards and oftentimes it is a forward who can do more than just score goals for me someone who can get assists is almost a more valuable forward because they have another outlet for points if they're not getting the goals and it was it was so hard because Javinko means so much to this league and Robbie Keane has such an amazing pedigree but I ended up going with Robbie Keane as number three just because he was so much and he was doing those things Gio was doing he had the the must-have status day in and day out for the limited transfers team where you'd almost be willing to keep him even knowing he wasn't necessarily gonna gonna do much because you wanted to have that in your budget um he was making great scores um when geo started to geo had bigger dips at times than than king did when he when he wasn't doing well um but very similar with with how the points go but but for me Ultimately, it came down to he was a must-have forward that if he wasn't going to score the goals, I still had a great shot at getting a solid point production from him uh, based on other bonus points. And he was also the first player I ever had who got me a captain and a, and a, and a hat trick. So um, that that meant a lot. Um, but yeah, so my, my top three ended up being Carlos Vela, Joseph Martinez, and then Robbie Keane in a very tough decision. And then I ended up dropping David Villa and Sebastian Javinko. I don't think that the, the points will play out to support me in this overall because I, I think Geo scores based on the the point inflation at that time will probably be some difference. But um, I do think that that uh, Robbie Keane super important. See now I have to defend my. You guys both put Martinez at number two and I've got him at my number four and I feel like I have to. Yeah, kind of that. surprised. To be honest. Yeah. You really um, screwed this one up, Blaine. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Um, no, I'm just a. I'm one of those crazy players. Um, no, I'm a draft player. That's that's the other thing is I've got the draft side of it going too, and you have. To, I have to look at. I lo- I was listening to you guys talk. I was listening to everything, and I go, you know, Martinez joined the league and nobody knew quite what he was going to do, so you drafted him early when he was available, and you moved on. But you usually, I think everybody in our leagues drafted somebody else higher than Martinez, unless they were an Atlanta person. Like, you went with a more proven forward before Martinez, but if he was still there in the first round and all the other forwards were gone, you took him. Like, that's the way I remember the draft going down. Um, But I look at these other three names that I put above him with Bella, Giovinco, and Keane. These were the guys to draft when they were playing. And each one got replaced at a certain point by one of these other guys on the list. I mean, I don't remember whether whether Keen dropped off before BWP really came on. I mean, he would be the fourth guy that's in the must-own transition. Like, you go Keen to possibly BWP being right there to Giovinco to Vela. Martinez never cracks that list of, like, overall consensus number one in my draft leagues. 
Um, yes, he's way up there. He's always number two. But if you had a chance at Giovinco, you took Giovinco. If you had a chance at Vela, you took Vela. Like, you never thought twice about taking Martinez over one of these two guys. And so that's where those two guys get in. And then that leaves Keane kind of as the outlier in his own era. And then I go back to my draft league again, and I go, you know, I if I miss out on Martinez, I mean, that's assuming Giovinco's gone. I've got Villa. I've got a couple other names that I like right there. Yes, I'm losing some production, but I don't feel like I'm getting the drop off the cliff like I did with Keen and then everybody else. Like, Keen was just that much better, except for maybe BWP at that time. He was just that much better than the rest of the competition. You felt like you were dropping off a cliff if you didn't get him. And and so that's kind of how I I did it. Uh, Martinez, totally a top three candidate if you didn't have these other names in this era. Um, Production-wise, I mean, arguably number one overall, if we're looking at just production-wise, I mean, maybe Vela's got him, maybe not. I mean, a goal a game is outstanding. But just the drop-off from your number one guy to your number two guy has been steeper with, I would say, Vela, Giovinco, and Keen than it ever was with Martinez. And we've got that one year of Martinez being the new guy to the league that that lit things up before anybody really knew what to expect. Thankfully, in MLS Fantasy, we can react to that on the fly and start grabbing that guy as soon as we see, oh, hey, look, he's a goal-a-game type of player. Maybe I just need to start grabbing him and I lose a little bit of budget increase, but at least I've got him and I can get him just like everybody else does. In the draft league, it wasn't that way. And so that's kind of how I, I differentiated these guys. Using the draft league in the fantasy MLS reasonings. Okay, okay. My my question is, what was your draft league doing in 2018? Because Joseph Martinez scored 19 goals in 20 games in 2017. And so in 2018, they they should have been aware that Joseph Martinez was was pretty good. (laughs) They should should have been knowing. Because that was the year that he broke the the single-season record. But somebody knew what they were doing and took Vela number one overall. I mean, Vela went well, before. Not that year, they shouldn't have taken Vela number one. That's true. That's true. I mean, they, mi- they missed that on twenty-three points. Because in two thousand nineteen, I understand Vela. You know, Vela over Joseph Martinez because um, Joseph Martinez had just lost Almiron. We didn't know how much that was going to impact him. And you know, Carlos Vela had had those great stats, and I think LAFC just got stronger. You know, it's the second season for an expansion team. Mm-hmm. But part of that was, oh, we just saw Joseph Martinez and look what he did in the second season. He scored 31 game goals in 34 games. Maybe that could be Carlos Villa. So, the, but that, but I mean, like in 2018, the draft guy should have been like, I want Joseph Martinez. I mean, he should. I mean, if he wasn't first off the board, it was only because Almiron went first. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to look it up here really quick. I've got <laughs> access to some of my draft. You said 2018. Let me see if I can find it. Well, you you think, because I'm going to start wrapping up, and that can be your final comment. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this discussion about forwards. It was very tough. Maybe tougher for me than these other guys. 
But it was a very tough conversation, but a lot of fun. Next week, we're going to be breaking this down to just the numbers. Our opinions are off the table. I'm going to be looking at points per 90. I'm going to be looking at points per game. And of course, I'm going to be looking at total points overall. If there's another category you'd like me to look into, send me a message on Twitter at MLS Fantasy Boss. Let me know at MLSFI, either one, and I will see if I can add that into the list of uh, best 11s that we talk about at that time. Uh, I am going to try to see if I can cobble together some kind of stats for 2012 so we can include those in, but if I can't, Unlike these past discussions, I will not just include goalkeepers and forward numbers for coming up with these totals. So I will drop 2012 if I have to, to give everybody an even playing field. So it may just be 13 through 2019. I also won't include 2020 because it's not over yet and all the craziness that's going on. So that's the plan for next week. And uh, I, I hope you guys tune in because it's it's going to be fantastic either on YouTube or on, uh, on SoundCloud. So uh, that's what I have to say. Final comments from you guys, Blaine. I found them all three drafts in our in our pool league in our in our tiered league for 2018. Um, in our top flight league, um, Joseph Martinez actually fell to me at number six um, ahead of him in 2018. So you got to get that. That's before Vela. That was Vela's first year. Vela went number 11 overall out of 10 teams. So he went all the way to the second round. Martinez was behind David Villa, Giovinco, Ladero, Alessandrini, and Valeri. Um, the other two leagues, one of them had him going at in the second round at pick 16. So he was behind a whole lot of names. Um I don't necessarily trust that league. Um, that was an interesting group of guys drafting there. And when he fell past six, he should have gone. Um, just a oh, fun laugh. Um, we'll have to, I have to do this. I can't pass it up. In 2018, Skylar Redpath drafted at the six spot and the 15 spot. He took Nico Ladero at number six. He took David Akam at number 15. And that was immediately followed by uh, Martinez at 16. Hmm. So Skyler took a calm over G over Martinez. He did finish seven in 2017, so he did finish above Martinez. All right, Mike, yeah. final comments. Um, just that this was, you know, getting that four down to the three. I pretty much changed my answer like 20 times today. So, <laughs> oh, it was a tough one. It was rough. All right. Thank you so much for everyone. Uh, again, we'll be back next week to finish this this up. And then uh, with hope, there'll be some more information about the Orlando tournament. So we will know what fantasy may be available at that time. So thank you much and good luck. <laughs>